You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. So during the Reveal Conference, we're teaching people about spiritual gifts. I got up here and I, I want to teach people about the daydreaming technique that we talked about a few weeks ago. Where if you missed it, you can go back. We, list, we did a whole sermon on it that night. It wasn't even a sermon. It was more like an experiential moment for you to try it out yourself. Um, but that night we talked about creating a mental space to meet with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen the value of this a million times over in my own life. There have been times where just pursuing God in a mental space, in a daydreaming space, I found myself in tears at the way in which he has shown up and talked to me. Uh, likewise, when I've been casting out demons, I've found out that they exist because I'll command them to come into this mental space we've created. Something will come in, it'll tell the person what their name is, and then I'll command it to show up, and it will manifest by that name, uh, showing even more like just in this mental space, like, wow, I actually just found something that exists inside this person in this space. So it has value, it has reality. And to us, a lot of times, daydreaming doesn't seem like it has any value, any reality. But in the Bible, daydreaming is called, anybody? A vision. A vision, yeah. Yeah, it's a vision. Visions, when I was a kid, I was always like, a vision is God overtakes the room and your eyes are open and I see angels everywhere, you know, which would be cool. That does happen in the Bible. Those are like called open visions where like the reality of what exists in the spiritual realm is visibly seen while you're awake. For the most part, the Bible talks about visions, I think, in more of like a internal giving yourself over to God and, and visualizing and, and allowing God to enter that space. Anyone who wants to go really deep into that, there's a great book by Greg Boyd called Seeing is Believing. Ah, I remembered. Okay. Seeing is Believing. I highly recommend this book. He talks about how he's used this technique, but he shows throughout scripture where it happens and he shows throughout church history for the last 2,000 years how saints of old and whatnot have, have used this technique. Um, but I found it very valuable in helping people meet the Holy Spirit and, and do things like that. So this past week or so I met with Caitlin, maybe two weeks ago, she's been in Alaska all week. So she's, um, you thought time change was bad for you today. <laughs> she's, I don't know how far behind she is. Um, but uh, she, after we did it, uh, if you don't know Caitlin, she's got a really strong prophetic gifting. Just able to sense what God's doing. I said, it'd be cool to just have you come up on stage and show people what I preached about a few weeks ago so that they can see like the legitimacy of this and, and have a better understanding of what I'm talking about. And she's like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And now she probably regrets having said that because she gets into her personal stuff in front of all of you. Uh, she's not the first person to do it. At Reveal Conference, I taught on this, and I said, instead of teaching you, would anyone like to come to the stage and I'll just show you? And sure enough, some lady was like, why not? And uh, we got into her garbage right in front of everybody, <laughs> as we will now do with Caitlin. Uh, so good times. Let's give Caitlin a round of applause. It takes a lot of courage. Once the demons show up, we'll cast them out in front. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a, it a joke. Okay, it's one of those guys. No one's going to laugh. All right, let's take it seriously then. Um, I told Caitlin 
to come prepared with uh, some kind of thing that she needs to bring before God uh, and just kind of let me know what it is and we'll kind of move through it. And I'll give you a glimpse as to when I'm working with people in this way, what we do, and then you can do this at home. You don't need someone to help you do it with you. You can do this at home yourself. So, what came to your mind when you're thinking of what you wanted to work through? Well, when I was in Alaska, um, me and Jamin had worked on uh, the, the day that God kind of brought something to me was one Sunday here, and um, it was actually about forgiving yourself. But then when I brought it up to God, he said, it's not you that you need to forgive yet, it was somebody else. Um, and so then I asked him if I could meet with him. And when we met up, um, God revealed to me that I needed to forgive my dad. Um, if anyone here kind of knows anything about my background, um, my home life is eh. And so I thought that I had forgiven my parents for everything, but I guess I had not. Um, and so when me and Jamie met up, um, God revealed a lot of things to me about my dad and his childhood. And finally I was ready to just kind of like let it go and um, allow myself to forgive him with God's help, of course. Like I couldn't have done that on my own. But um, so then when Jamie brought it up again, well, actually, funny story, in Alaska, after all this had happened, a guy that was like a leader on our trip actually had the same experience as me with Jamin, so it was like really weird. And then um, one night I was actually talking to his wife and his wife kind of like threw this curveball at me and so I was telling her about how I was kind of upset about some things and she said, have you forgiven yourself yet, Caitlin? And I said, uh, that one hurt. <laughs> and so when Jamin brought it up, I just felt like that was what God wanted me to maybe address this time was to actually forgive myself for something. I don't know what, but. Cool. Right. Uh, I'll have you turn your chair a little bit so your okay. back's not good. And how did you Well, that's what we're going to work through right now. Um, so yeah, Caitlin wants to kind of figure that out. Do you, and you say you don't know what you need to forgive yourself for. No. You just have a general sense. Right. Yeah. Or it could be totally wrong. And he could throw a curveball. Okay. Uh, so what we're going to do now is a few weeks ago I talked about creating that inner kind of sacred place to meet with God. For me, um, I've got kind of this place on a hill that I daydream, if you will, with a giant sunflower and some other stuff. And, uh, when I go there, I then bring Jesus into the picture, and then I am able to kind of bring things before him in that visual space. So Caitlin's got her own space. If you need help kind of creating your own, go back in our podcast, the 12 Week Podcast, three or four episodes ago, you can listen to how to do that. Um, so Caitlin's going to go ahead and kind of go to that space, and then we'll go from there. So first things first, let me know once you're there, and we'll go from there. this space right now. Would you calm Caitlin's heart? Calm her mind? Help her be able to 
have clarity as to what's you and what's her. God, we know we have control over what we do in these kinds of spaces. We daydream all the time. But just like we have control sometimes with what our dreams do based on our subconscious, sometimes you take over. So right now we give a daydream to you and ask that you would meet us here too, that we might kind of co-create. Caitlin comes wondering what she might have to forgive herself for. And if that's where you'd like to take us, we are open to it. And if there's somewhere else you want to take us to, Jesus, be the king, you're in charge to take us there. All right. Uh, do you have Jesus with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is his facial expression at the moment? It's very calm and soothing and like he's not smiling or anything. He's just kind of like there and I can feel his presence kind of like around me, if that makes sense. Do you feel calm and peaceful right now? a lot better than I was probably a minute ago. I was a bit nervous. No. Is his expression helping you with that? or? Um, it's more like the just peace feeling. Like, I don't know, once you get into your sacred, sacred space with him, it just kind of, he has this way of just like calming you. Okay. Go ahead and uh, give him a side hug or your embrace of choice. Let me know what he does. Um, I have my head in his lap, and he's kind of like brushing the hair out of my face, like he would like brush a child's hair. I don't know, like a father would like love a child. It's very um, like intimate, but very like parent-like at the same time. Two weeks ago, you said something like that would really weird you out. How did you go from? that to this already <laughs> um the thing that was holding me back was my unforgiveness for my dad and once I let that go um I allowed him to stay there with me in that moment instead of like kicking myself out of my sacred space and I gather because uh not forgiving your dad made it difficult to connect with God if you will you probably had this kind of heavenly father dynamic versus earthly father dynamic that we sometimes have where our earthly father, we, if they were good or bad, we tend to project that image onto God because he's a father too. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now that you've forgiven your dad, you can embrace that yes. more fatherly-like tendency. Is God the father also with you or is it just Jesus at the moment? Or is Jesus kind of embodying God the Father? It's Jesus is kind of embodying God the Father in that sense. Um, Why don't you ask him, is there already something on your heart you want to ask? Um, I feel like he's kind of revealed something to me that I have been struggling with. And I've just been kind of pushing down. In this moment? Yeah. While he's moving your hair? Uh, well, it was a little bit before that. Okay. 
Um, How did that thought come to your mind, just so others out here can help work through that? So when God wants to reveal something to me, he usually will kind of like, when I'm in my secret space, I should say. If I'm not in my secret space, it could be different. But when I'm in my secret space, it's usually like I'm laying there and then there's like the bubbles that come above my head and then there's like that bigger bubble where it's like, like almost like a cartoon where like where the cartoon is like dreaming. And so in my sacred space, there's those bubbles and then like the bigger picture. And he'll show me, sometimes it's, it's a memory, sometimes it's just like a picture. Um, it could be a lot of different things, but that's what he does for me. This one was what? A picture or a memory? It was a memory. Are you comfortable sharing that with all of us? Um, I don't really want to. <laughs> I guess that I will. Um, you all have bad memories, right? You've all done dumb things, right? Ah, oh, get an amen. amen. All right, good. You're in safe company, I think. Uh, well, my relationship with my parents, especially my dad, was really toxic as a kid. Um, and it got to the point that I, um, I wanted to take my own life, um, and I was almost in the moment where I did that, um, and God saved me. And so it was a day me and my dad were fighting, and my dad just is the kind of person that can um, hit you where it really hurts. He knows where your most soft spots are, and he purposely hits them. Um, and so my, me and my dad had been fighting that day, and I had enough, and I went downstairs, and I had done this many of times. I mean, me and my dad fought all the time. Um, and so then I uh, knew that the gun safe was open, and that was my plan, and I was ready to do it. And somehow my dad knew what I was gonna do. I came barging down the stairs and found me and locked the safe before I could do it. Um, and I know in that moment that that was God, and that God saved me from that because God had a different plan for my life. Um, but there's definitely a lot of shame in that moment. And it's funny because God asked me to talk about it in Africa. And I, I mean, Africa, uh, Alaska, and I didn't do it. <laughs> so, yep, this is fun. It's a good time. So what do you think about that? Is God putting a moment on you right now about that moment that is it a release of shame or is it a release of something else what's your sense based on his facial expression or even ask him why are you giving this memory to me let me know if he says anything i think for me there's a lot of shame with it um i feel like i'm a very strong individual but that was a moment where i was very weak um um I don't like to talk about it. I pretty much never talk about it, so. Is your shame in that moment based on feeling weak, or is there something more to that? I mean, I think anyone that is in that kind of moment probably feels shame, but my dad also said some really not great things to me in that moment. Um, my dad actually looked at me after he closed the safe and everything, and looked at me, and he was angry and every emotion. Like, my dad is kind of the person that 
his reaction is always anger. Um, and so in that moment, he became angry and he looked at me and said, there's something wrong with you um, and walked away. Um, so for me, I think that there's just a lot of lingering feelings there of just shameful and I don't know, maybe resentment of myself. want you to ask where was your dad upstairs originally mm-hmm. I want you to ask Jesus you're in the basement in front of the gun safe ask Jesus to show you your dad upstairs when he has this revelation of what's going on and ask him to, to show you the emotion of what your dad feels in that moment first thought that came to mind was helpless. Your dad feels helpless. Mm-hmm. And he's just angry at the world. But for some reason I don't feel like that anger is directed at me. But that was his way of protecting himself. Rewind a little bit more, then pause at the exact moment where he has that light go off of what you are about to do. Let me know once you've paused there. Feels like someone that doesn't want to lose their kid. Okay, go ahead and hit play and watch him come downstairs. Come where he's at. Keep watching 
and this is part where things explode a little bit, but the emotion that he's then expressing in his anger, what does that spiral from really? When he feels helpless, he immediately goes to anger. So that was what he did. He didn't know how to help me. He didn't know what to say. He had so many emotions running through him in the moment. Um, and he didn't, he doesn't know any other way to react to anger except that. I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit. Um, Holy Spirit, if there's anything weighing on her dad in this moment, maybe he has his own shame, maybe he has something else, um, but would you almost reveal it in a visual way, uh, something that he's latching onto in that moment that's spiraling him or causing him to act the way he's Right now, if you were to step into it with Jesus, 
Like, is this supposed to be kidney or don't me? This is you, you. Okay. Right now. So you're even still in the picture. Now you're walking into it. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's kidney and there's don't me. Yeah. Okay. I guess I would tell my dad in that moment that, um, yeah, he might have hurt me, but God always had his hand around me and God never let me go um, and so I forgive my dad um, for the things that he did wrong and I wish that now he would just forgive himself so that we could have a better relationship. If you want him to forgive yourself and forgive himself you must be able to forgive him too at this point? Yes. I don't feel shame at that moment anymore. It kind of feels like it's gone. What do you think your shame was attached to then? Because earlier your shame was your weakness, but now it's gone without dealing with your weakness. I think it was the rejection of my dad's love was kind of putting shame on that moment. In the visual spaces you've created in the past, have you also brought God the Father into it before, or is it just Jesus? So for me, it's like they're embodied into one. So it's like God, Jesus, okay. and the Holy Spirit in one. Right. Well, you said that you felt like Jesus saved you in this moment, that God sent your dad down to protect you. So let's rewind one last time. Okay. You're downstairs, you're at the gun safe. And now Jesus is your dad. Since that's what you feel is that Jesus saved you. Mm -hmm. Your dad did not live out Jesus uh, other than, you know, the preventing of what happened and then there was the anger explosion and all that. We've dealt with that. Now I want you to watch it as Jesus saving you from this moment and how Jesus reacts in that moment. So go ahead and watch that. Well, like the first thing my dad did was he closed the safe and I felt like Jesus when I invited Jesus in this time like you said Jesus kind of didn't close the safe and said he sat by me like he knelt down by me like in front of my face and I was like I have you like you don't have to like this life isn't all suffering like you feel like it is um, and life will get better and just like allow me to like come and put my arms around you and protect you. And then at that point, I didn't want to, to do it anymore. So it didn't matter if it was closed or open because I wasn't going to continue to do it. So though you're sitting in front of temptation, in front of sin, in front of pain and anger, frustration, Jesus turned your attention onto him. Mm -hmm. uh, change the scenario for you. Yeah. Right. Is there anything else he wants to say to you in this moment right now? 
feel like he is he is saying I, I am the one that saved you because I always wondered if it was really him I guess I felt like it was him but I wasn't really sure 100% um, but I do feel like he is saying to me yeah I'm the one that told your dad to go down there in that moment And that's how big my love is for you. God, we thank you for this revelation. Jesus, we thank you that you were, we thank you that you saved Caitlin. We thank you that she's here with us right now. You are a God of life and abundant life and your word tells us that the enemy seeks to kill, destroy, lie, deceive, murder, He's been a murderer since the beginning. He's a murderer to the end. But Jesus, the word says that you came to bring life, not just any life, but life abundant. And we thank you so much that you did that for Caitlin through this miracle. And through her dad, despite the fact that she feels that pain with her dad, you, you used him nonetheless to protect your daughter and his daughter, which I know that he, he is so grateful that he, he went down there in that moment as well. Both her actual dad and her heavenly father would not have been able to handle losing her. So thank you for your life abundant and I loose life abundant on Caitlin right now. God, I thank you for the blessings that you put on her, how you took her from this place to a much more glorious place, and that you keep pouring out blessing on her, Lord. And I pray that you do it right now. You might even show her uh, in that sacred place where she's at. Would you show her how much you love her? Would you pour out your grace on her? You show her the extravagance of how much you love her. Would you lose peace on her mind? Peace that passes understanding and joy into her soul. She might be characterized as someone completely opposite of that low moment. Someone who's just overflowing with joy for God. God, I already see that in her. She's full of laughter. She's full of joy. She likes to hang out. She likes to see people experience you. Bless her, take her deeper into that. We thank you for your miracle in that moment, and we thank you for your miracle that is Caitlin. And we just pray more and more blessing on that. Thank you for meeting us in this place and revealing this stuff to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that um, as Caitlin goes to bed tonight, you might meet her in her dreams and take her a few steps further with things that maybe she still didn't notice or things that you really want to say to her. So I seal her. Holy Spirit, that memory, we give it to you now. Would you come fill it? If there's any work that you have to do with it at this point, uh, would you do it? Uh, but if you're done with it, would you then put that memory in its proper place in her mind and in her spirit that it would be redeemed for good and used to bring her um, uh, to a place where it can redeem others as well? Uh, she came up here saying that she'd be afraid to ever say this in front of people. And uh, we are just so blessed that she did. 
help us too as we internalize it. God, anyone else in this room who's dealt with suicide or right now is dealing with suicidal thoughts, would you use this moment to redeem them, that they would know that they are loved, that you have abundant life for them. God, there's been so much suicidal type things happening since the pandemic hit, and right now in this room or anybody watching or, or, or listening, uh, wherever they might be, would this go to not just testify to their heart, but, but break their heart and then put it back together in a way that glorifies you and steals the, the power of the spirit of death, steals the power of Satan. So we thank you for Caitlin's testimony. We thank you for what you've done today. We turn her and all of us over to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just for the last go over a little bit. Obviously, when these things happen, they happen at the length at which they happen. I usually spend sometimes several hours in these moments with people. So um, if you need help going through it yourself, we can always chat. But otherwise, what you just saw here is not something you need another person to do. You just need to bring it before God. And uh, sometimes you have to correct things within it, too. Some people don't see Jesus for who he is. Um, and it takes time to kind of critique your mind to know what's God and what's you and what's somewhere in between. So thanks for joining us tonight. We will catch you next week, if not sooner. And have a good rest of your week. Thanks.